everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. With a few very calculated steps, you too could be on your way to self-employment. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own business. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So do us a favor and help share the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley. And with me, as always, is David Hilton. Does this smell like cat piss in here to you? Oh, uh, you would open with that, <laughs> wouldn't you? Hey, look, there's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just busting your balls. So as we're filming this, Jim uh, re- recording Mitch? this, yeah. yeah. So it's it's November first as we're recording this. You guys will probably this episode will probably drop on November third. But uh oh, we yeah. so go ahead. Vote next oh, Tuesday, people. Yeah. Because yeah. we won't, you know. Yeah, by the time this show airs. It'll yeah. be your last show before it's time to go yeah. vote. So go do your duty. Yeah, and if you and don't, vote. if you're gonna vote Democrat, don't go. <laughs> uh, Democrats vote next Thursday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh shit, we need ten thousand extras. Oh, we better get our shit filled out. Yeah. So, yeah, so just don't go vote if you're, if you're gonna vote Democrat. Just don't vote. Uh, so yeah, today's today's family first day. Yeah, have a couple Get of gummies, you know, play your Xbox, you know, just, you know, do some stuff that slows the world down. Yeah. Yeah, just do everybody a favor, asshats. Don't contribute to society in yes. the slightest, right? Yeah, exactly. Keep, keep not contributing to society. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so today's first day of the month, and uh, for those that are newer listeners to the show or those that may not know... Um, in our plumbing company, we dedicate the first business day of the month to finding people in the community who have necessary plumbing repair needs and no way to afford them. And we spend the day making those repairs. Um, most of the time, it's an amazing day. Um, today, I, I count my money on the first of the month. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mitch is a much better person than I am when it comes to community involvement. Well, days like today make me question that sometimes. Yeah. So What, um, what the fuck is your dog doing? I don't I don't know. Gunner, get out of here, bro. He's he's sniffing Austin's eighteen weeks worth of trash in the trash can. But he's never a trash snooper. I think he's just begging for a pet. Yeah. I'm not gonna pet him because he'll never leave. Yeah, he'll never leave. He'll go. So he's just trolling around. Looking for a fucking handout. Yeah. Speaking of Democrats. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what happened today, so Mitch? He's, we, all, uh, he's been all upset. We, we had three service calls on my board today for family first work. We actually had four. I did one of them yesterday. Um, and the one of them yesterday was very warranted and needed and everything else. But uh, so the first one I go to today, um, this lady... Uh, has a laundry list of repairs for me to make, and it already seems a little odd from her list of repairs. Her list of repairs included, like, installing a new clawfoot tub and installing my new toilet and, oh, by the way, something's wrong with our sump pump. There's quite a bit of water in the basement and all of this kind of stuff. And so I'm navigating through all of that you know every single one of these that we go into we kind of have to 
double check and make sure that we really should be there and all of this stuff. And so I find out very early on that she doesn't own the place. She's renting it. And, and if you're renting, your landlord should be paying for the all necessary those repairs. repairs. Right, right. right. Yeah. And so our program is not like extreme home makeover. We're not going to go in and remodel your bathroom or anything else. It's performing necessary plumbing repairs, right? Yeah. But it's for homeowners. If you're a renter, your landlord should be performing those necessary plumbing repairs. That's what you pay for with your rent, right? Right, 100%. So I come to find out, like, I, I get to learn that she, she mentioned a landlord, and I'm like, oh, so you rent this place? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, so we really can't make any repairs here because you rent, and we have to be working with the homeowner. And she's like, well, I can get my landlord on the phone. And I'm like, I'd prefer you don't. Because I wouldn't have too many nice things to say about them. Um, by this time, I had found out that she hasn't had water in quite some time. Um, because there's too many leaks in the basement. If you turn it on, it just sprays everywhere in the basement. The basement's got like three feet of water in it. Uh, the water heater's underwater. The furnace and air conditioner are underwater. Um, there's like a pile of old sump pumps off in the corner. None of them are hooked up to anything. <laughs> Um, and, and she's also mentioned that she can no longer even stay the night there because they were starting to get sick. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's cause you're sleeping on top of a pond. Yeah. You got black mold probably. Yeah. Growing in the basement. So I'm like, you really like a couple of things. Your landlord needs to be taking care of this. And she goes, well, he doesn't make repairs and we have this agreement where I'm allowed to make repairs. And I'm like, so why are you paying rent if you're also having to make repairs on the place? Yeah. And, and she just didn't like... She was so naive. I don't want to say, like, I don't want to say anything bad about her because I don't think she has bad intentions. She's just naive. She is people insanely naive. Yeah. So I had to, so in, like during these calls, I mean, I kind of set aside two hours for each one of these calls, right? So I realized real quick, I'm not making plumbing repairs here, but I've committed two hours to trying to help this person out. So I'm going to talk with him for two hours. So I chatted with her for two and a half hours. Again, Mitch is so much nicer than me. I'm thinking, now I have two hours till my next call. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to Waffle House. I'm getting some eggs and yeah. some hash browns. I'm getting some breakfast. And then on to the next one. Yeah, so like all this stuff starts coming out. She um, she was married. She technically still is married. Um, she had two kids. And then she just had... A third kid, her husband left her like the day after she found out she was pregnant with the third kid. And uh, husband's got a good job, but he's not paying her hardly anything in child support and, you know, how all that stuff goes. But um, so it, let me she, ask you a question. You said earlier that she was like defending the landlord. Was she defending the husband, too? I know this is a little off topic, it, but... It, so the way that her personality was working is she was chastising the husband whenever it came time to explaining how she ended up in the situation she's in. Yeah. But then she would defend the husband if... So basically, after two and a half hours of being there, I was like not holding back any any kind of advice I was giving her, right? So I was being pretty, like... Pretty blunt. Pretty blunt with a lot of the stuff yeah. I was telling her, right? And so when I would tell her something that her husband had previously told her, then she would start almost kind of not quite defending him, but 
It's like she was flip. Oh, yeah, he says that, too. It's like she was flip-flopping around just to stay in the position of struggle. And anytime anybody gave her any advice that was in the direction of, like, here's how you get out of all these problems, she would flip-flop it around and then try to stay in the direction of struggle. So, like, she she's destitute. She has no money. She makes $900 a month. So she's living off of less than twelve grand a year. Okay, uh, she has three kids. I drink more beer than that. Right, she has three kids. Mm-hmm. She's living off less than twelve hundred bucks or twelve grand a year. Um, before I came over, she had convinced herself that that we would this we would have no problems installing anything that she had for us. So she went and on credit spent like three grand on a new bathtub, a new toilet, a new vanity, like all new bathroom stuff. So she's remodeling this house that she's paying to rent for this loser who won't repair anything in the house. Meanwhile, she has three feet of water in her basement. She has no water, no gas, no hot water. Yeah, because they've red tagged everything, I'm sure. But the important thing to her was a clawfoot tub. Like... I just, some of these people, I I just don't quite understand it. And so it, yeah, I spent two, two and a half hours talking with her. And, and like, I, I told her, I'm like, I feel like there's more to the story. Like you're really, really passionate about staying in this house where this landlord is taking advantage of you. And come to find out, she brought out some, some other things where she, she's saying that she feels called by God to sell Bibles out of that house. And whatever she has to do to make that happen, she's going to do. And and so I'm like, okay, well, I, so you're wanting to start a business. And she's like, yeah. Well, ironically, me and a friend have a podcast about starting a business, right? <laughs> Did you tell her to listen to it? Oh, yeah. I gave her the link and, <laughs> and all that stuff. <laughs> She'll probably should, listen to this show. Maybe you should listen to episode one through nine. Yeah. So we, we started talking about some of the things that we reference in the show. And the first thing we talked about was getting your personal finances in order. And you can't even think about being successful in business unless your personal finances are in order. And she's like, she kept bouncing back and forth. And I said, so like right now you're bringing home 900 bucks a month. That's not enough. Like, how are you going to be successful in business unless you can find ways without a business, unless you can find ways to support your family and find a good safe place to live and everything else. And so we would kind of dive in on that subject and then she would flip flop it back over to, well, I'm feeling called by God to sell Bibles and this is part of that plan. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not. I don't think God would say that you're supposed to get taken advantage of by uh, a deadbeat landlord that's overcharging you for a house that the health department would condemn immediately. He's refusing to make repairs. He's trying to make you pay for them. Meanwhile, you're spending, like she said, she's spending 500 bucks a month rent to live there. I'm like, well, you can't even live here because you you were getting sick from all the water. So you're you're literally spending $500 on a storage unit. Well, there's a storage unit right down the road for a hundred bucks. So yeah, you could say four hundred dollars a month. She's been living with uh, another. I think it's her aunt. Um, she's been living with somebody else because they were getting sick. I said you could literally save four hundred dollars a month by literally moving all this stuff to the storage unit and never pay your landlord another dime. He's not going to come after you. 
Like, what's he going to do? Say you, you didn't you didn't pay rent on the house that was yeah, uninhabitable. Yeah, you go to court and then you show the pictures to the judge, and the judge is like, "Dude, fuck you." Yeah. Could she like call in the health department and like go that approach? Yeah, but like, she hey, would just be yeah. literally would be condemned, and she'd have to get everything out of there. Yeah. That's what so, they do. They would just they would tag the door, and no one would be allowed in there until any repairs were made. Yeah, uh, okay. you'd be allowed under supervised conditions to get all your stuff out, but that's about it. Yeah. So, but but again, like so, that's where that's where she would start to go defendant of the landlord. When I would when I would like really start pushing to like get out of this situation, she would go really defending of the landlord. And while I'm feeling called by God to be here, and even if he's standing in my way, that's just a that's just another hurdle I'm going to have to overcome. And I'm like, no. I really don't think, for one, God's going to call you to live in an uninhabitable house and be taken advantage of by a landlord who's literally using your affinity towards God to take advantage of you. But then on top of that, make you live in a house with three feet of water in the basement that needs hundreds of thousands of dollars in repair and sell Bibles out of here. Like, And she said, well... You know, the, the Lord's going to challenge you whenever he wants you to learn something. And I'm like, yeah, the challenge is recognizing this is a bad situation and getting out of it. It's not continuing to drive or it's, or it's putting, farther. Or putting people in your life to help you get out of that situation. Yeah. And yeah. also, like on a side note, too, this is what happens when you have no spiritual accountability or a pastor, any sort of person to help you along the way to just like if, if you could, if you sit there and just think that God tells me this, but you're not. You're not submitted to anybody. You're not like accountability or reaching out to anybody. Like this is what kind of happens is you kind of go on these like Lulu, yeah. Lulu quests. Yeah, yeah. Lulu quest. <laughs> so, so then she mentioned that um, her soon-to-be ex-husband has a pretty good job and he's making like fifty grand a year. And so then I never mentioned this to her, but I started getting the feeling that like, where's your child that, support at? Well, outside of that, you start to learn maybe why he's leaving her. Because if she, she is constantly driving be, into these treacherous situations... Or wanting to stay in those treacherous situations. Right. I had a friend, and you and I know him really well. <clears throat> After the show, I'll tell you who it was. But, um, you know, he was having some trouble with um, a girl he was with. And everything was going, like, extremely well. And it was almost like he was self-sabotaging. Yeah. Okay. And so, and he's from a broken home. I'm from a broken home. My right. dad's been married, I know, three times, maybe four. The last one he may have married twice. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Right. Okay. But when you're a child and you're in, you know, bad situations or, you know, it's, you are comfortable in those bad situations and those bad times. So when you get older, and things start going well, you almost start to self-sabotage because you're uncomfortable with the success that you're having in your own life. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So so as those successful things are coming, you you almost feel like you don't deserve those things. You you feel like you self-sabotage sub, subconsciously because you know it, that it will make you feel more comfortable because things are a little rocky and have more drama in them. I know there's a bunch of uh, psychological terms for all this stuff, and I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that, but, I mean, I know from personal experience that these things are real. Right. And you see them, like people I know very well have done these. And I told 
this friend of ours, I said, dude, are you sure it's, I mean, we talked about it, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and he was like, maybe you're right. Yeah. You know, you just, you kind of self-sabotage because you're, you're uncomfortable because you're doing too good. Yeah. And I think a lot of maybe that's her situation. And, yeah. and, and we're really, this show is really about, you know, Mitch was asking me before the show, do you think we're maybe enabling these people? Well, yeah. And that, so, and that girl may be enabling her husband or, or, it, it's or vice different. versa. Maybe her husband left because he was enabling her. Exactly. And, yeah. they, and I, and I kind of feel like that's where, you know, the show was going when we were doing pre-show prep was, you know, people don't realize a lot of times that just a little bit, you know, everyone's enabling gets thrown around a lot. Just a, allowing someone to enable you a little bit or you enabling someone a little bit can have a drastic effect on their life. Yeah. And the decisions that they make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we personally, we both, you and I know tons of people that it's an issue for. Yeah. You know, oh, I can't, you know, we've talked, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, it, I'm always going to be an alcoholic. There's nothing I can do. Yep. And then parents or friends are like, oh, no, you're fine, dude. No, don't worry about it. Let's go out tonight. Right. You know, or, hey, you know, here's a beer. You know, it, it, yeah. it's a huge problem in our culture today. It, it is. And it's like there's there's a double side to that coin. For one, people are... Did you are, see what I did? Hey, you forgot to start it. Yeah, I know. Uh, but Austin can tell us how we long we've been se- filming, so... We're at 1743. Looky there. Well, that's also the... the, the sorry, I interrupted you, Mitch, but like the, the accountability <sighs> part is like people sometimes feel like they have to make all these changes themselves. Like, hey, if you're the guy that struggles with like pornography, like find someone who you know and trust and can say, Hey, they have software where it can actually send someone a message. If someone's logged on to a certain site. Right. Right. And so oh, like shit, no one has these. That easy. <laughs> <laughs> and so like he said is like, you know, having accountability, like whether it's a pastor or whoever, or just in general. Cause like for me, I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling this. Should we text my pastor or my friend? Like, Hey, it's like, is this, Right. Kind of whatever. Well, and, and ultimately, kind of like what you we, we mentioned it on the, the previous show that you were just talking about, um, people resign themselves to, I'm a recovering alcoholic instead of former alcoholic, right? They, yeah. they establish themselves into the recovering side of things. And, instead, and there's of even, just, instead of just letting it go and don't even bring it up anymore. Right. It's like they're holding on to it yeah. as a, either a crutch or I want pity or that's going to define who I am. Exactly. And, I don't, I don't think it, it's, a, it's a crutch or pity. It's, it can they're, be any, they're literally, any of those things. It can be any of them. They're allowing that to shape their identity. They're allowing whatever struggle it is to shape their identity. And so um, um, after we left... So I left that call. I wasn't able to do anything at that call. Yeah, um, but the whole time you're feeling... The, yeah, the whole... It's just a weird thing. Like... Um, like you wanted to help her. I wanted to help her, and I was helping her in the best way that I knew how, right? Um, and, and so um, I told her the story about the, the person that gets caught in the flood. And I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show or not. You've probably heard this story before. Mm-hmm. I was amazed she had never heard this story. And so the story goes that the weatherman says, you need to evacuate the low-lying areas. We have big rains coming. And the lady that lives in this low-lying house, she says, my God will protect me. I'm good. 
Well, then the rains actually come and the river starts rising and the cops drive by and they say, you need to evacuate the area. The river's rising. And she says, I'm going to stay here. I'm protected by God. So then the river comes up to her doorstep and like her house is completely surrounded by water. And some guy comes by on a John boat and he's hollering into her house like, hey, you need to get in my boat to safety. And she says, my Lord will protect me. I'm good. Well, then the floodwaters get up so high that now she's had to retreat to her roof. And she's sitting on her roof and a helicopter comes overhead and drops the little basket down and says, you need to get in the basket. And she says, no, I'm good. My God will protect me. Well, she drowns. And so now she's standing at the pearly gates and she's like, Lord, what's up? I thought you were going to protect me. And he's like, what the heck else was I supposed to do? I gave you a weatherman, a police officer, a guy on a boat, and a helicopter. What yeah. more do you want from me, right? Yeah. So I think the thing that distracted me the most with this this first lady was she kept trying to funnel everything under this calling for God as if God's going to like magically, like she's going to open her eyes one day and her house is going to be fixed. You have to work or, like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God is the saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, she wasn't doing any of that. She was just thinking that money's going to magically appear in her bank account, or her husband is magically going to start loving her again, or the house is magically going to get fixed, um, or the landlord's magically going to start making repairs on this house. And it's like, no. And I got a feeling right now, I'm the guy in the boat, and the cop and the weatherman, and the guy flying the no, helicopter. You're just one of those guys. Well, right. So, so her husband is like the weatherman. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're the guy in the John boat. Right. And the next guy is going to be someone from the city that's like, hey, we have to condemn this house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless unless this guy does something about it. You know, hopefully, eventually, she grabs the lifeboat and, you know, gets out of there. Hopefully. But, yeah, I mean, you still got to put one foot in front of the other, right? Like, you can feel called by God, and God can kind of give you the ideas. But you still got to make it happen. Yeah, and this isn't, I mean, this is a business show. It is, but, and, it is. And, and really where we're going with this is all of these opportunities that are in front of you to start your business or to get out on your own or to take care of your own personal finance, don't just sit around and think it's going to magically happen. No. You it happens with to, action. You have to put the work in. Okay, I, I mean... If you have the opportunities in front of you and you don't take advantage of them, you're basically like this lady. If she thinks that she's really called by God to do that and she doesn't take advantage of what's been put in front of her, that's basically like denying, nope, God, you're an idiot. I'm not taking a hold of that. Right. And I'm not trying to be preachy or Christian here. But if, you know, if your banker comes to you and says, hey, man, you know, we know you started your business. We have this real line of credit that we're willing to offer you and you don't take it. And then three months later you're broke because you're like, or oh, I needed the money. You know, there's a thousand examples of, Oh, you know, well, I didn't take that job. I didn't want to bid that job because I don't like a guy that that guy knows. And then that work could have ended up being a commercial building on the, you know, plumbing a whole commercial building or right. getting a whole subdivision and new, you know, you, you can't, you can't ignore the things that are given to you. Yeah. 
or the opportunities that are given to you or that are right in front of your face and you can't you know you can't see the forest through the trees because you're just so dead you have to be aware of what's going on in your life yeah you know what i mean you can't just be so laser focused on one thing that you miss the opportunities that are right in front of your face yeah yeah so so the next call that i went to today um it was for a clogged main sewer and it's probably been clogged for quite some time um I know this because we were uh, their their laundry drain. They had rerouted their laundry drain to just dump out in the yard so that they could do laundry without it like flooding their yeah. house, right? Um, so I get there and and the notes say to text her when I get there. She works from home. She has to like stay on her computer. So I text her. She's over she, there moving the mouse while she's talking to you. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah it's kind of one of those things, right? And and so her daughter was supposed to meet me there so that she wouldn't have to step away from her computer, but her daughter wasn't there yet. And so she gets, she meets me at the door, and she's super apologetic. She's like, "I can't be away from my computer very long. My boss is going to kill me, and all this stuff." And I'm for, the first thought in my mind is, "What kind of an a hole boss do you have?" That for, you're working from home, your your main sewer is clogged, and you can't even meet the plumber to let them in mm-hmm. to get your sewer flowing. Well, there's a lot of assholes out there. Like, that's like a, the, that's I, a problem. I right? didn't realize the whole mouse wiggler thing was a thing until I went over to my friend's house, and they have a system where it's like if they don't move their mouse in a certain yeah. amount of time, and it lets their boss know. And I'm like, that yeah. would just drive me insane. Like, yeah, I'd get a new friggin' job, right? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. So, I'd just put that thing on one of those little motors. Yeah. And so it just goes back and forth yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. Tied to I'd, a ceiling fan. Yeah, and I go get a, a co- case of beer and watch some there movies you go. and, you know, do whatever I got to do. So, so anyway, she lets me in. And the moment the door opens, I'm hit with the, like, horrid stench of, like, ammonia and urine and pet waste, right? Like, do you mean, like... Just she's got seventeen cats, or do you mean like um, there could be eighteen ferrets? There's at least one cat and one dog, but there has been no effort in many years to potty train nor clean up any of it. <sighs> so it was like stomped into the ground and never cleaned up. <sighs> um, and I mean we get into situations like that a lot. There. It, it's unique in this case because it's through our family first program and they're asking for assistance. And yeah. it, it's just one of those triggering things where it's like, are you really helping somebody out if they're refusing to help themselves? Right. Or are you enabling their bad behavior? Right. And so like she gave some story about how her husband left eight years ago and the house has just gone to crap ever since. And I'm like, this is not like gone to crap. This, eight, this eight is years like, is a long time. Like this is eight years, literally worth of crap. This is eight years of dog shit sitting on your floor. Like your husband has nothing to do with cleaning up a pet turd. He's gone, you know. Yeah. So um, the the daughter ends up coming home, so she goes back to work. Never Does the daughter live there? I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, daughter ends up coming home. Uh, which was kind of weird because it was like one o'clock in the afternoon and her 16 year old daughter is home. Uh, it wasn't even one. It was like 12. So I'm like, why aren't you in school? And, and her 16 year old daughter has, she's wearing a midriff shirt and she's got a really cool belly tat all the way across her belly. So it's like, 
Look, no judgment, but I mean, come on. No judgment, but you got We charge two hundred and nine dollars for a mainline auger, and I can only imagine that tat probably cost you a grand. And so it depends it, on how nice it was. It kind of makes me feel bad that like I'm donating two hundred and nine dollars worth of you know time, service, skills, expertise, whatever. And like you're seeing waste just everywhere. It's 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 just hard to work with there. No, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's. <laughs> and so, thankfully, I auger the drain. It pops right open, easy peasy. They're back into business and and all of this stuff. Mom never came down to say thanks. Sounds like the boss was. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Bull in a china shop over here. Don't fuck up the show, Mitch. Yeah. Um. So. It sounds like the uh, the mom was busy working anyway, but um, they I don't know two of those calls in a row makes you really question like okay here we dedicate the first business day of the month to helping giving a hand up to members of the community and there's two calls in a row where these people aren't even trying to help themselves in the slightest you know it's 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 almost like something's changed with our program that we're doing because it used to be like I can remember one of the cases we did. Um, we got there and the mom needed a new kitchen faucet. Um, the old faucet was like so rotted and corroded, like you had to sawzall it off the sink. It was just yeah, like cr- crusted on there. And um, she's a single mom. She has two boys. One of them, he was shirtless and very freshly stapled from like Adam's apple to belly button had just had a heart transplant, you know? And it's like, that's where our program is for. Mm -hmm. She's got so many other things on her plate right now. We'll take care of the faucet. Right. But that's, and that's, so that's the dream scenario of the program. Right. But as with all programs, it's just like homeless programs. There are homeless programs, and they're helping people get back on their feet, right? And they're they're doing the right thing. I mean, the people are doing the right thing. They're, they're getting a job because of it. They're staying in assisted living. They're moving out of assisted living because they got that job. But then there are also people that are still just drunk sleeping under a bridge and they come in for the homeless program and get a meal and they get a change of socks, but then they just go out and and, they drink that bottle and then they, you know, sleep under the bridge. That doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't worth it. There is just a percentage of people that will take advantage of it. Yeah. And as a business owner, you have to just sack up and deal with it and say, okay, I, and you don't know that you, I I don't think that you think you didn't make a difference. You may have made a difference in that first lady's life. Yeah, possibly. But it it doesn't feel like it at the time. Yeah. It's just like, um, I can't remember what philosopher said it. I think it's Maimonides you know, said um, the greatest act of kindness is doing something without anyone knowing about it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you have to just be able to push through and deal with it and then move on because you know the program will affect people.
people that really need it. Yeah. You're not going to end the program because of a couple of dipshits. No, and, no, and I don't think that that's what you're. No, yeah, we're not going to. I don't know. I'm in we've, philosopher mode. I, we, I don't you know. I just, yeah, we've built our business around this program. Like our mission statement for the company is to service our community so well that we may be able to serve our community in return. Right. So yeah, there's, um, you know, we're, we're going to continue the program. I just, it, we've, we, and, and we've had isolated incidences before where it's like, yeah, this person's not really helping themselves, but that's on them. We've had people take advantage of us before where it's like, like by the time you're, you don't really pick it up before you start working, but by the time you're done working, you're like, you had the money yeah, for this. Right. But mm-hmm. again, I've always defaulted those to that's on their conscience. They're going to have to answer to that. We were, we were doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. So um, um, this one was just kind of like two in a row where it's like it gets to you, man. These people are not doing anything to help themselves. Not in the slightest. Is there even like merit to like in those situations, like partner up with like a counseling group to where if you go into a house and it's like I in light of not making the rules around the exception, but just like maybe improving where there's like maybe on some of the exceptions it's like there's someone that you know or like just kind of how you power with power dry it's like a counseling group to be like hey like i went to this lady's house i don't know um i don't know the legalities are around that because i can see him being like hey we had to get a plumber there we're reaching out with a counseling group and her be like what? Yeah, so you sue your ass. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you don't want to like leverage them into if you want our free plumbing, you're going to yeah. have to. It's, it's like a timeshare. You got to listen to a 30 minute pitch from a counselor. Yeah. Like I, it's never that. Yeah. Like when, when the program started out, it was literally just as pure as it could be of mm. like, let's give back to the community. Surely there's people in the community with necessary plumbing repairs and they just can't afford yeah, it. Yeah, and maybe it's time to start reaching out to. I can't remember what exactly your There's your a, group is, but maybe it's time to start reaching out to um, like high schools, like non for profit groups, oh. or other cities, or yeah. city councils, to or, try to vet them a little better. Or churches, or yeah. synagogues, or yep. Um, so know, we any, I, we used to do a it, lot of that. The problem is most of the people that are through those programs and that need assistance, they don't own a home. Yeah. They're renting anyway. So like we, they wouldn't, Yeah, if they had a plumbing repair need, it wouldn't be on them anyway. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's like a, a very real struggle that we're dealing with in our business is like, okay, we're busy as all get out. We still find the time to stick to it and honor our commitments and spend the first day of the month making these repairs and to have two back to back in a row of like, I don't feel like I did anything here. Yeah. You, know, you feel like you're, yeah. I, it, I, I mean, it, I get it. It doesn't, it's not like we were taking advantage of or anything. It's no, just like not. the whole goal of the program is to help people. And I don't really feel like we helped them at like, yeah, I performed a repair. You opened that drain. Yeah. You know, well, well I opened the drain and the other one I gave her, you know, you know, priceless advice. Lots of smedley advice. Well, yeah. <laughs> priceless advice for, <laughs> Like you can't even put a price on that, right? But but advice for how to get out of this situation, what to do to you know provide a better life for your kids, and you know all this kind of stuff, and 
I don't know if she's going to take it. I it hope just, she does. Her situation is so much just screaming, like, literally just going back to the drawing board. Like, there's so many lessons passed up and missed that, like, it well, should have just been, like, common. So, I feel like... So here's the icing on the cake with the first one. <laughs> she... <laughs> fucking DS. <laughs> hey, I'm wearing a shirt. Are you? Diaz plumbing shirt. He sent that Zazerac rye whiskey, and it's yeah out of the bottle. It's You're drinking whiskey. I'm drinking water. He's, he's, <laughs> he spikes it. It's like a prank to our channel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he roofied you. That'd be hilarious. Uh, well, no, not working. So, Fucking Diaz. So kind of the icing on the cake with that first one was she got emotional when she broke down and she started crying. And she said, a person with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and $120,000 in student loan debt shouldn't be facing these problems. She had that? She has all of that. And $120,000 in debt? Is that what she said? Yeah. So. Just, okay. Fucking, (laughs) you didn't say that before the show. No, I didn't. (laughs) So, she has a master's degree. She's got a bachelor's and a master's. And she's selling books at fucking Mardell's, and she only works two days a week because that's all she can work. Yeah. She should be making a hundred grand a year. Yeah. So she, obviously, her childhood's fucked up. I've changed everything I've said on the show so far. (laughs) This broad needs help. Like, she needs help. Like it goes back to the drawing board. It, it, it was quite a wormhole. She needs therapy in a bad way. Yeah. I love the ones that are like, this is a completely off fucking topic. I love the ones that, like, you meet them, they're a real estate agent, and they're like, yeah, you know what it is? And I'm like, well, what did you do before this? Oh, I have a master's degree in teaching. <laughs> I'm like, well, why don't you do it? Because it doesn't pay shit. Yeah. Okay, well, so you could have just passed your real estate exam and then been on with it. So in, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so stupid. Did she the, pay for her college, or was like her thing where she her had one hundred twenty? She grand has one hundred twenty grand in student loan debt. Well, so it's, so, it's so like, she's paying for it. Yeah, the she's guy, paying I mean, for it now, but maybe it's a situation where she was handed stuff her whole life, and all of a sudden now her parents are like, "We've screwed it up," but then also like, "See ya." I don't know, but. So in in talking with her, you have totally fucked my whole. You, you yeah, just screwed you your whole perspective, just, right? You just fucked my whole show up. I yeah. Like, so cut, cut, cut. Gonna, <laughs> start over. So this in talking with hour. her, she she lives like a mile from my first house, and so yeah. it, and and one of the things that I was talking to her about was like she's dead set on buying this place from the landlord because it's a rent to own scenario, and um, one of the things I kept telling her was like your landlord's going to try to sell this for like eight times what it's worth. Like this house isn't worth $10,000. Like it just isn't. It, it's, I mean, it's, it needs to be bulldozed. It's trash. I'm like, I would find somewhere to rent for a while until you can get your feet under you and then look at buying a house. I said, besides right now is like the worst time ever to buy a house. Yeah. Market's inflated. Like prices are still inflated. Rates are high. Like you wait six months. Shit's going to be cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you got a lot of other priorities you got to be working I'm on be first. I'm finance in Austin. And there I'm you go. Like, hey, buddy. So, you want to buy a house or what? So then, <laughs> so then she says, no, I'm not renting. I'm renting is a waste of money. I'm going to own a home. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. You're able to identify now what's a waste of money. <laughs> kind of weird, right? Ouch. I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying Burn. to. I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm like, that's how Lily Patty she was from jumping on both sides of the fence. Like she doesn't see this complete waste of money over here, but yet she's above renting because that's quote unquote a waste of money. 
And I said, let me let me tell you a story about the first home I ever bought. Um, Which you should still own right now and be I wish, renting it out. I wish I did. So first off, that house I had in Blue Springs, like that's you wouldn't think that that's a quote-unquote rental house. Oh, yeah. I wish I still had that yeah. and was renting that house. Yep. So mm, I told I her. It's awesome right now. I said I bought a 1,400-square-foot house. It was, it was 1,400 square feet, including the garage. I paid 97000 bucks for it. I was 19 when I bought it. And I owned it for 10 years. I sold it when I was 29 years old. I had put all new flooring in it, updated everything, all new plumbing mm-hmm. fixtures, new water heater, like everything new. Uh, built a giant 12 foot by 24 foot two story barn on the side with gas and electricity and it everything. Was nicer than the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> and, the house in downtown Blue Springs really had like that that uh. A tree house? Yeah, that was nice in the house. Sorry, sidestep. So, Thank you, Mitch. so sidestep. I I tell her, I'm like, 10 years to the day. I literally, I bought it on October 1st, and I sold it on October 1st. I literally owned it for 10 years to the day. I said, I sold it for $97,000. Yeah, I lost thirty grand so, on that house. And, and she's like, well, at least you got out of it what you put into it. And I'm like, no. No, I didn't. I had to pay for the no. maintenance. I said I had to pay for taxes. Yeah. I had to pay for interest to buy. I had to pay taxes. I, to pay I was paying floor. like four hundred dollars a month in interest. Yeah. Every month. And then whenever I went to sell it, I had to pay a realtor fee to sell it. I How said I lost you... tens of thousands of dollars on that house. How much did you owe on that house when you sold it? Um, like seventy grand. So You lived there ten years and you only paid off twenty grand yeah. in principal? Well, I bought it for 97, so I lived there 10 years and I paid off a fifth of the principal. So, it you know, it 30-year note, it amort, you know, amortization schedule. I So, yeah, I got I yeah, I get it. <laughs> you got it. I get it, but then I keep thinking of we had to have a Dodge Magnum and we had to have two different crotch rockets. Yeah. And we had to have all this different shit. We had to have the building on it. That motherfucker should have been paid the fuck off. You're right. It absolutely should. That was a hard lesson to so, learn, isn't it? So here I'm, I'm telling her this whole story. And you know what she hung up on? She was like, how did you afford to buy a house at 19 years old? I said, well, I was, I was working as a plumber. I was making good money. She goes, how much does a 19-year-old plumber make? I said, about 50 grand. And she lost it. She was like, I, I've got a bachelor's and a master's, and I don't even make fifty grand. And I'm like, well, that's because you're not applying yourself. Yeah, because you're working at Mardell selling fucking books. Yeah, you're working two days a week as a cashier part-time. Like, you don't need a master's or a bachelor's to do that. Like, yeah. You don't even need a GED to do that. Yeah, I'm, I am blown away. We talk about this all the time, about people not people just not putting in the effort I I just, it, it drives me. This is a prime example of it. I didn't go to college. Janine, my wife didn't even go to community college. She went to a training program for two years. Right. Her and I are going to make 200 grand this year. Yeah. We have no education. Yeah. We literally, none. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go to college or anything. All we've ever done is work hard. Yeah. All you have to do is work. This is America. Yeah. All you have to do is fucking work hard and you will make it. And And the amount of people just like I get where Mitch was going with this when we first started talking about it. I think what annoyed him the most, because now it annoys me, (laughs) is the fact that these people just aren't applying themselves or putting in the hard work to to really just take life by the horns and say, okay, I'm going to make something happen here. Well, and maybe 
Maybe, the, and, and again, I'm trying to say this. God, I'm mad now. She, I, I mean, mean, this fucking pisses me you're off, not man. Go to her house and be like, "Hey, I just." No, I. It, it's one of the. It's it's. I don't know if it's a failure of her, or a failure of the system, or what. But like, you've got a bachelor's and a master's. You're supposed to be smarter than me. Why am I here doing free plumbing work for you? Well, you know, it, like, yeah. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to take that tone, but like, ultimately, that's kind of where it is. Is like. I'm I'm not college educated. You're you're supposed to have all this stuff figured out. Like that's what you were supposed to pay for. So, if anything, it's a huge it's an indictment on the freaking college system. Yeah, they yeah. Teacher, a, hey, look, you you're gonna have this degree. You have to go out and apply for jobs and say, hey, I have these degrees. Yeah. And these are the jobs I should be doing. Yeah. Like it's so like right now, I'm 41. So like my body. I've been working construction for 20 plus years. Like I can feel it starting to break down. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm in pain a lot when I wake up sometimes halfway through the day. I'm like, man, I got to, I'm, I'm on the struggle bus and I'm thinking now, man, I wish I had a degree where I could go get an easier job and make the same amount of money. And these people literally just take it for granted right. and they're not going out there. And, well, I just, if it doesn't just fall into my lap, I'm not going to, well, what are you fucking doing people? Right. Right. And then uh, the lady that was with her started challenging her a little bit on, like, jobs that she could apply her degree to. And she started coming up with all these excuses. Like, basically, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what she said her degree was in. But maybe criminal science or something like that. Um, First off, you can get a job in policing or anything right now with any type of criminal degree and, and make 75 not even blinking. Right. Starting well, out. So so then she said, well, I, I wouldn't be qualified for one of those jobs because how am I going to coach somebody through trauma when I'm going through trauma myself? And, and I'm like, uh, I can't think of a better coach mm-hmm. than yeah. somebody who's been through it themselves. Wow. And, this, and, and that gets back to what we talked about earlier. Someone that needs to be in a state of being pinned down yeah. because it just makes them feel more comfortable than, and they can't deal with being successful. Yeah. Yeah. They're addicted to the struggle. I was, uh, I was watching this. Uh, That's a good way to put it. Addicted to the struggle. I was watching yeah. this, uh, this guy who owns a channel about video editing and he had someone email him and say, Hey, um, I know editing can be boring and mundane. So reaching out, like saying that we could edit a video for you. We charge $2 per minute of video edited. Not like time spent, but like yeah. 10 minute long video. So, 20 bucks. So this guy went ahead and said, yeah, I'll do it. And at, at the end of it, he only paid $15. And this guy worked like two days and he said, I could keep using you. But he's like, hey, like you need to be charging a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, the, the group that I'm in, Apex, there was a person in that group that's pretty successful and they were reaching out to have some service, some services performed by somebody else in the group. And um, so the the customer in this case, the more executive level person, um, they're very well to do. They're very they're they're very much like a coach and a mentor in the program. Well, the other person that was going to be doing work for them is very new in the program, and so. Um, like the, the rule in the apex group is like, you don't give discounts to anybody. Like we talk about that on the show all the time. Right, right. You I charge mean, it's, it's, gonna charge. you charge what you're going to charge. And so he goes to her and he says, okay, I'm going to charge you X for doing this. And, and she says, you know, okay. 
Well, he does all the work, and she writes him a check for twice what he quoted. And he's like, uh, I think there was some confusion. This is twice as much as what I quoted you. And she said, yeah, I shopped you around, and your price was a third of what everyone else is charging. You're worth it. Charge more. And so yep. she didn't even like give him the option. She just paid him double what he was asking because he's leaving two-thirds on the table. Yeah. So, um, and and then he he got on our, like our group, you know, Facebook group, and he was like, okay, lesson learned, mm. pretty cool, you know. And from that day on, he literally started charging double, and mm-hmm. nobody's batting an eye because yeah, he's worth it. He's doing really yeah, good work. Do do your same bid, and then just times two at the end. Yeah. I see that a lot in like the video photography world. I don't know if it's just because of the nature of. Maybe it's a lot of insecurity in that nature versus like construction, but like you'll see people that they'll get taken advantage of because like, hey, it's like come out like you know it's they'll try to convince this photographer that all they're doing is just pressing a button, so they want to do you know a two hour shoot for like fifty bucks or something, and it's like yeah, yeah. You know, I've you, heard you'll Austin, see that in all all trades. All trades. I've heard Austin say that a few times on the show, and I can't help if it to think it's subconscious for he is like, hey, Mitch. You're getting a discount here. No, uh, no. Is it about time for a raise? No, this is this is just like it's people don't honestly, people don't realize everything that goes into like video and photo. And that was like one of the first like, like whenever I started working for Mitch, that was like it was such a relief to hear for him to say, hey, we may shoot an hour of footage, but I only use like five minutes of it. And I'm like, that's totally what it is because people think oh well he shot for a couple hours that means like yeah yeah and or, get, or like, we may spend all day shooting and be like ah eh, scrap it mm-hmm. like nothing yeah. nothing valuable there that's yeah. garbage yeah. garbage and it's nothing like nothing that austin and i did wrong or anything else it's just mm-hmm. the situation didn't present itself to make a good video out of it so mm-hmm. but, it's so stupid it's just exactly like so when we used to so i've played in a, like three or four different bands right and so you would like a guy would bring a song in and be like, oh, hey, what do you think about this? Okay, good. And we would work on it and we'd work on it for an hour or two. And then the next practice, you'd work on it for an hour. And the next practice, you'd work on it for an hour. And then you'd get it polished enough where you could play it, you know, three or four times. I mean, you've literally spent 12, 14 hours on this song and you've, okay, now we can play it. We'd play it and then be like, that fucking sucks. Yep. Not playing that. Right. And then just be like, man, that time is just burned the fuck up. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. It's gone. Sorry. It's gone. Yep. But you don't know that until, you know, and that's, I, I not to be on a side tangent, but that's kind of how the arts, you know, truly mm. are. Well, and, and this is the way it is with anything, right? Like if you're going to be successful in business, you have to be willing to take some risks, some small risks, right? Like, like you're not going to be able to navigate a million dollar problem if you can't navigate a thousand dollar problem. Yeah, the numbers just bigger. The numbers the just bigger. The percentages are the same, but the numbers are just bigger. Right. So if you're struggling with how to make a one hundred dollar decision right now, don't focus on the decision. Focus on how do I make this decision faster in the future? Because you're going to be blessed with plenty of hundred dollar decisions in the future. So yeah. put a process in your head for how do I navigate this? How do I handle this? And then once yeah. you learn that, then you'll be able to proceed from there. Also, a little bit of homework. There's this video I pulled up. I said, Mitch, it's a Mr. Beast, and the title is called Videos I Could Not Upload. And he goes through a compilation of videos where he literally spent 
tens of thousands of dollars in weeks. Yeah, he did one video kind of, he spent ninety thousand dollars to shoot this video and he couldn't use any of it and he had to throw everything away. Yeah, so look up that video and watch and it gives you a perspective yeah, now, <laughs> on that. Now perspective, Mr. Beast is like a billionaire YouTuber. Right, he's like literally the most successful YouTuber there is. Yeah, I so I, I've watched a bunch of the videos. Yep, I'd say I've watched ten. I don't get it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I he's, don't fucking get he's it. Catering, he's catering. He's catering to it. a much younger audience, so there's some things to take from is it he, if you're trying to learn. I'm just old. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like it's very old. much like if you're if you're just trying to chill and like you pull his channel up, it's like you just can't vibe with. I can't. It. Take, yeah. I can't take it. Probably does well with. You're young. It probably takes. Probably does well with weeders. And two things. Well, yeah, just smoke. Uh, smoke a little dough. Smoke a just, bowl and yeah. watch Mr. Beast, well, maybe. Caveat to that no is, judgment. I mean, I'm just not me. Well, the caveat, too, is he did eventually the video. He, it gives the you a chance. that he burned it up. He put that. So yeah. he put a video out there about the videos that he burned up so and then made, made money, back. money on those on that video. <laughs> right. So let's, I mean, let's call he's, it what it is. He's kind of he's kind of looping around into it. But yeah. I guarantee that, that that video that he's showing all of his fails on is not performing near as well as some of his other. Well, it has 84 million. Oh, it had 84 million yeah. views. Shut Dang. the fuck up, so, Mitch. No one's, no one's listening to you. Well, Mitch. no. So like, so his good performing videos have like 220 million views. Okay, well, 84. <laughs> but, so. but yeah, so 87 million. Yeah. But the thing I is, mean, literally, one of the videos was because he left his camera on the airplane and he couldn't find a camera in Italy, so he just. You couldn't find a camera in Italy. I know. I'm just like, what? I mean, Not you're, the in, fuck off. you're in Europe, which is like the godsend of like everything artistic is going on over there. Yeah, I don't buy nope. it. Yeah, maybe Who that's knows? why I don't like the show because I think it's just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Who knows? I don't Who know. knows? One was really funny. They did like dominoes, like. He's like, we did all this work, and he's like, I just realized that it's so boring to watch dominoes fall. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to do like the world record longest domino train. Yeah, and after about thirty seconds, you're like, after fourteen dominoes hit each other, you're like, well, this is boring. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't get it. Yeah, it's about like setting the world record in an EV. It's pretty fucking boring. Yeah, it's like watching. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like watching a nerd driving an EV. That's not fuck what it is. That's made me such a good editor and challenging. It's like if I can make plumbing look good. If I can make Mitch not look like a nerd, I've done my job. Yeah, he might have. A, he might have his work cut out for him there. <laughs> he, can, he can make me look entertaining, but not not like a nerd. So no, too nerdy. That's okay. So well, hey, we all have our roles, man. Hey. You uh know? I'm not Matthew Perry. I know it. You it's last okay. night was Halloween. How'd you fare? Did you shoot anybody? So I don't know why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> shoot anybody? Yeah. So this spilled out of my mouth. It's just red bull. You know okay. this Marlin lever action really does kill a T-Rex. I don't know why they dropped the bucket of candy though. Yeah, I shot the yeah. wolf and it turned back into my neighbor's dog. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't live in a neighborhood. Right. I have three neighbors, so no one trick or treats our house. And usually I go with Layla. But they usually year, bring Layla to my neighborhood. Well, actually, so the last two years we've gone. So you know the neighborhood by Lead Bank. Mm-hmm. That's where we go. Yeah. There are more kids in that neighborhood than I've ever seen oh, in my yeah. life. Oh yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So we usually take her there and we go with her together. Yeah. Well, so she's nine now, so she wants to go with her friends. Oh yeah. But I I don't I still even I won't let her go like without one of us. So Janine went and met like one of the other girls and they went out and she she fills a huge like gunny sack in five minutes. Yeah. And then goes to the car and dumps it out and then so I yeah. 
I ate so much chocolate today at lunch, I thought I was going to throw up. I was like, I, God. I was like, I can't. Dad tax. Yeah. So she did, she did good. And she doesn't like a lot of the like traditional candies. Like she doesn't like Reese's or Kit Kats. So right. I'm like stocked the fuck up. Yeah. I That's good. It. I it's time it. to teach the kids about the IRS. 30% of that goes to me. <laughs> Dad tax. Anything sitting over a month? Any, anything left in that bucket after the first of the year? Did you see Another that? 5% tax yeah. on that. How'd the boys do? they go out last night? Uh, Mason's too cool for Halloween. He, oh, he didn't even carve thir- a pumpkin. Is he 13 now? Yep. He's yeah. 13 and he's an inch shy from me. Yeah. I'm six one. He's a beast, and he's like five eleven and, and a half. I, first off, I'm not going to say a beast because he's a scrawny ass tall kid. No, he's he's, probably, he's, he's the like, most uncoordinated kid you've ever met in your he's life. He's pretty lanky. He's like 120 pounds of Vienna yeah. sausages. I mean, he's just yeah, he's just tall. Yeah, on the taxi, so he didn't even like go out. Do you remember what we used to do when we were yeah. like 13, 14? We would map out and like, yeah, we're gonna hit this side of the street on the way out. We're gonna hit this side of the street yeah. on the way back. Like we're not wasting time crossing and then the street. We go to Mitch's, we dump out our candy, and then we'd go back out with a pillowcase. Yeah, and we just fill that pillowcase. Pillowcase over and over and I over. I mean, that's at like thirteen and fourteen, and Mason he doesn't even want to go. No, is he? A, is do you think he's gonna be a homebody? Yeah, like he's Danielle he's pretty quiet, and reserved. Yep. Yep, he'll be a he'll be a homebody. Grant's going to be the troublemaker. Grant Mason's dream is literally to buy the house like next door or across the street. So mom can cook him dinner still. No, no, he just I don't know. <laughs> Grant will disappear. Grant will just like all of a sudden disappear, and we don't hear from him for three days. And it'll be like, hey, where are you at? Oh, I moved to Colorado. Like yeah. like I'm just resigned to that's going to be what happens with Grant. Mason's going to like live next door. <laughs> I mean, yeah, on the, boys they're complete opposites. Yeah, they're polar opposites. On the on the tax thing, you see that video on social media where this kid gets in the car with his dad after he gets off, gets his first paycheck. He's like, "How's your paycheck, son?" And you see him go like this. Just he just can't comprehend. Can't like, comprehend taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's FICA and why are they taking all my money? <laughs> yeah. What he the was, fuck? Yeah. He's the dad was like seeing. It. He's like, "You excited?" And he's like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's looking at it and he's like, okay, so this number says 800, but then the amount I get is 450. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. The greatest scam in American history is when they were like, the IRS came out and said, okay, we're just going to take your taxes out of your check to save you from having to come in. Like, if yeah. you had to go every month and be like, okay, I'm going to, I've got to write this check or give $100. People would kill those motherfuckers. Yeah. There'd be yeah. pitchforks, yeah. rifles. I mean, people would be like, no, yeah. you're not. We're paying house members 175 I don't think so. Right. I think they're making 50 <laughs> if they want to keep breathing. Right. Like, that's that's a whole nother. You know what, next show, that's that's what we should talk about next show. Oh, it makes me the so mad. The reality is, like, that's... when you sit down and you just, like, read over, like, the lease. Like, you know, whatever, you yeah. know, in the like apartment, you're, like, realizing all the crazy stuff that's in like, oh, yeah. we can't have, like, a certain type of dog in our apartment. We didn't realize <laughs> that. Like, no German Shepherds, no this, no Bulldogs, no Pits, and I'm just, like... Well, it doesn't matter. Your dog pees on the neighbor through the deck anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. They won't fix their AC for a year, but they're going to get us they for a d- dog peeing on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're so quick to put a violation of lease on our door, but they're going to, you know, miss our phone call for yeah. whatever. That's All right. right. Mm-hmm. So you want to hear a funny story about Grant before we wrap up? Yeah, let's hear, let's hear something So funny. last week. It's kind of a, la- this episode started out good, and then it pissed me off, and <laughs> now we're back to good again. So last week we get a message from the school 
Uh-oh. that uh, Grant's been in trouble, right? And it's not one of those messages where, like, like they call you. It's just like, hmm, got, yeah. got, got trouble, right? So he okay. comes home, and we're like, hey, Grant, what happened? He's like, I'm in detention for three days or whatever. I'm like, what'd you do? I called somebody a dumbass. Are <laughs> <laughs> well, they a dumbass? And, and, and so Danielle's like, well, Grant, you can't be saying that and everything else. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. Were they being a dumbass? He's like, yeah. Well, okay. Was it a teacher? He, he, and Grant's, Grant's like all definitive. You can't call the teacher a dumbass. So Grant's like all definitive, and I'm like, Grant, you know the rule. We don't punish you at home for crap you do at school. Just like school is not going to punish you at school for crap you do at home. If you broke the rules at school, you're going to have to suffer your punishment at school. But you're not in trouble here. Yeah, like that's how it, is, it was for me. Like it is I what got, it is. I don't so, think that's right. No, I would fucking ground his ass at home. Too. Here's like, the full what circle. What are you doing, bro? Here's the full circle of the thing. Three days later, parent-teacher conferences. Okay, I'm busy doing a work thing, so Danielle went by herself. Oh, that's not good. First off, Danielle cannot be unsupervised outside of the house for more than fucking ten minutes at a time. That bitch is fucking crazy. Yeah, well, thankfully, she like she is in love with Grant's teacher. Like, he's just the coolest guy ever, right? Former baseball player, like... like oh, she, like, wants to bang him. No, 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 no. He's just got Are a really you level head. sure? Well, I, you're right. I don't know. You know but, you, but anyway. You're right. I don't so, know. Uh, Danielle's like, all right. What's up with this whole detention thing and Grant calling somebody a dumbass? And the teacher's exact words were, well, the kid was kind of being a dumbass. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. can't get the kid in trouble for that. And here's the BS thing yeah, about it. He's one year to. away from middle school. In middle school, you can call somebody a dumbass all you want, and you're not going to get in trouble for it. You think? Yeah. No, I know. Like, hearing the stories that Mason comes up with, like, oh, my gosh. Middle yeah. school is ruthless. It's they a train wreck. I'm scared to death. You got all them hormones coming together and I'm kids trying to, to figure out what all that is. Death to Simlay School. They have bigger things to worry about in middle school other than cussing. They got to worry about kids running off and sleeping around and stuff. Well, so in Mason's middle school, they eliminated the dress code. There is no dress code. None. Girls can wear whatever they want. There's kids that walk around in furry outfits. I just had a flashback of eighth grade and I. It wasn't good. No. Jinko <laughs> jeans, <laughs> skater shoes. Yeah, no, it yeah. was not good, well, right? My parents were the same way when it came to like I if I got short skirts and like if I got a ticket for speeding, like it like I didn't get in trouble when I got home because my parents speed too. They're just like they let they yeah. they weren't gonna be the parents that like were just like well, there should be enough I'm it, taking your keys away. Yeah. Like, no, you gotta pay for that. Yeah. Now you gotta now you gotta work harder. Like, it's just is what it is. They were kind of almost like my cohorts when I came to that stuff because they know that they speed, too. So it's right. like, we can't They're get like, you in yeah, trouble. Well, we're asshats, too, so I can't get you in trouble for being an asshat. Yeah. I I mean. Right? I Well, it's they do it, too. So. We've talked about it before. I'm kind of raising our kids to be, like, more like life rather than when than parents. So when, when they do something that gets them in trouble, I'm like, like... There, there was a time where Grant had somebody knocking on our door because he had pissed off one of the neighbors. And Grant's, like, expecting me to go to his defense. And I'm like, Grant, why are we being an asshole? Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to make it super uncomfortable for you yeah. because you earned it, right? Yeah. You, whatever you were doing, yeah, you earned you it. you sit him inside and you'd, you'd look at the dad and be like, dude, don't make me fuck you up out yeah. in the yard. All right? yeah. I mean, just come on. Stop yeah. being a douche. Yeah. Like, I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So... 
Well, that about wraps it up for this show. It so, should. Uh, this was kind of an odd show. <laughs> not. It was. A, uh, it wasn't. It was fine. It, it it was not our normal format. That's for sure. Right, so sure. we talked a whole hour about that one family first call. Yeah. Nah. So. Guys, if you uh, if you liked what you saw on the show or liked what you heard or whatever, do us a favor. Give this show a like or a thumbs up or a five-star review or whatever is a good thing on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, until next time, guys, we will see you later. Love you guys. You're the best. See ya.